0: We call it science plus culture plus community equals change.
1: Mm Welcome to Insights from Abroad. This podcast is part of the Puerto Rico Research Hub in collaboration with the Middle East and South Asia Initiative and the College of Sciences at the University of Central Florida. My name is Avery Reyna, and our mission is to educate, engage, and influence the international community. Today I'm joined by Dr. Arturo Masaldea, founder of Casa Pueblo, a nonprofit environmental watchdog community-based organization in Adjuntas, Puerto Rico. And just so that listeners are aware, Dr. Arturo obtained his doctoral degree from the Center for Microbioecology at the Michigan State University in 1994. Since then, he has been a faculty member at the Department of Biology of the University of Puerto Rico where he established the Tropical ecology Lab. He has been a principal investigator of projects on microbiology, with an emphasis on biological processes aimed at restoring contaminated environments. He studies microbial diversity associated with plant communities and extreme contaminated sites like former US Navy bombing ranges with the use of molecular microbial ecology tools. In addition to his educational pursuits, Casa Pueblo has achieved very meaningful progress within Puerto Rico. For example, in 2012, the organization successfully lobbied against Via Veda Project, ending the government's plan to run a gas pipeline through sensitive areas of Puerto Rico's interior. And in 2017, shortly after Maria, Casa Pueblo became a sole provider of sole energy within the country, and people were gained access to life-saving energy, essentially becoming an energy oasis. Dr. Arturo, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm very fascinated by your environmental pursuits within Puerto Rico. So my first question has to deal with how Casa Pueblo began and what steps did you take to successfully stop Puerto Rico and their very damaging environmental pursuits within sensitive areas?
0: Well, thank you for, for the opportunity to share with you what, what we're doing in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, Casa Pueblo is located in the central part of the island, in the mountain area where, where, where we plant a lot of coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 1980, the government and some multinational companies wanted to do open street mining, large scale. Mm -hmm. And we knew at that point that the greatest challenge for for Puerto Ricans was to keep the integrity of our natural resources. So we decided to oppose that. Uh, At one time, we had only one person showing up. No. our first protest mm-hmm. and and at that point we decided that you know protesting and knowledge was not enough that we needed to engage with our culture to build community for for, for, for change mm-hmm. um, so we're a community from protesting we evolved to proposing alternative and, and we engage in a lot of issues that were not related to mining but to community development yeah and that's how people got organized, participating uh, at some point, which is 15 years after that first event. Yeah. We were able to change our public policy in Puerto Rico toward open street mining. Mm-hmm. We proposed a forest. We engage in managing that forest. We proposed new forest. We built a school inside a forest. Yeah. Now we have a radio station. We mm-hmm. have a butterfly garden and a lot of initiative Education and Conservation Initiative uh, for Enjuntas and and Puerto Rico.
1: Nice. Um, Were you thinking about starting this organization when you were getting like your doctoral degree or was this just something that was inspired by recent events within Puerto Rico?
0: I was uh, 12 years old (laughs) when we (laughs) started uh, and my parents Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexis massol and Tinti Deya were the co-founders of Casa Pueblo. Mm-hmm. I was participating from the very beginning yeah. of everything that was taking place in, in in that struggle and it became, let's say, you, you said that, that I went to public schools, uh, University of Puerto Rico and Michigan State, but mm-hmm. my greatest and most important academic experience was to be raised in an juntas within mm-hmm. that context yeah. of Casa Pueblo being established and its development.
1: Yeah, um, I know Maria had a very big impact, and Casa Pueblo played a very good role in, you know, making sure Puerto Rico is okay because we kind of lacked, I guess, support from the U.S. government, and it really sucked because there were just so many things happening wi- happening within Puerto Rico that they were in dire need of help, but you had to rely on like watchdog companies like your own and other NGOs to go into the region to help. So I also wanted to ask: Are there any current future projects that you're looking at and just how how's the thought process going into that? What
0: you just said is basically the problem. Yeah. (laughs) That we have a lot of problems and we depend upon others Mm -hmm. to take care and and change that reality. What we're doing in Casa Pueblo is actually to address that conflict and and promote uh, means to break that dependency. economical dependency, energy dependency. Uh, We are creating our own educational programs, cultural programs. We have a radio station and the idea is for us as Puerto Rican to start start building from the bottom up Mm -hmm. instead of waiting from the top to the bottom to dictate how Puerto Rico is going to be shaped. We're shaping uh, our uh, reality as we are making decisions. And so for example, the, our greatest aspiration right now is to build uh, a future of energy energy sovereignty mm-hmm. that we can, we don't have oil, we don't have natural gas, we don't have coal, coal, mm-hmm. but we do have sun, we have wind, we have biomass, water. Uh, can we use endogenous resources to power Puerto Rico and activate our economy to be more resilient mm-hmm. uh, and address other issues like poverty? If yeah. people are producing their own energy, uh, there is wealth associated to that activity. I mean, it, 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 the, the things we're doing is, for example, with the energy agenda is to address other necessities within the community.
1: Um, And like we said before, the relationship that Puerto Rico has with the United States is a very complicated one that is rooted in dependency.
0: Well, no, it's not that complicated. It (laughs) is a colonial territory of the U.S., and that's very— Straightforward. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I just didn't want to use those terms, but um, but yeah, I do agree but that. But we have to name. No, things. yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: is the U.S. Congress? They can impose a control fiscal board. They can impose different legislations. We don't have participation. We don't vote. We don't have representation. I mean, it, it's truly a, a colonial uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it's not like in the times of Spain and and, and yeah, others. Yeah. Uh, and it's very complicated because more Puerto Ricans are living in the U.S. and in Puerto Rico. So now they dealing with that reality is yeah. really complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The nature is very simple. Yeah. How to deal with the reality and, and move forward is I- not that simple.
1: Yeah, because usually we use this word of like, um, like a territory, but usually just like guys for a col- like basically a colony. And this like colonial relationship we have the United it's States. Not basically.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Call me. Yes.
1: Um, so I have this other question. Uh, has a 30% tariff on solar panels imposed by Trump affected any of your endeavors within the country and within your project as well?
0: Well, it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the people in power, not only in the US, but in Puerto Rico, uh, are there because they, they get support from from, from these economical Multinationals that mm-hmm. they want to perpetuate fossil fuel uses in mm-hmm. for energy generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a, a anything they can do to slow down a transformation from fossil fuel to clean energy sources, they, they're going to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: those tax taxation to 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 solar panels, for for example, from Trump didn't help. Yeah. But I have to s- tell you, it didn't stop yeah. <laughs> the transition from from. T- from going from moving forward, um, because there is a greater a greater need mm-hmm. uh, to change the vulnerability of centralized energy generation in Puerto Rico in times of climate change, yeah. in which generation in a central unit burning fossil fuels is part of the problem, and and yet you need distribution, uh, transmission, and distribution lines that are also vulnerable to winds, hurricane-force winds and, mm-hmm. and earthquakes. So so uh, that setup is obsolete, it's from the past century, and, and I think we have to embrace technology and alternatives that are within our reach, that are better for Puerto Rico and are better for the
1: environment. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so. On that topic of solar panels and conservation of energy, are there any other steps that Casa Pueblo does to conserve natural resources?
0: <laughs> we're doing, um, after the hurricane, we have been running with solar power since 1999. Mm-hmm. After the hurricane, we're, we were the energy oasis, let's say for, for the local community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that point, we have done more than 150 projects wow. to help people. 60 homes are running right now like like casa pueblo fully energy independent yep. we have done grocery stores for food security we have done the vista a, a restaurant for prepared meals mm-hmm. uh, we have done the pizza place the uh, the critical infrastructure like the fire station the emergency unit the elderly homes are running with solar power the radio station and the transmission tower communication uh, was an issue after the hurricane now is running with by generating its power from within, you know, at, at on site. Mm-hmm. So, so that's resilient, that's better for the economy. Even the barber is now producing his own energy. And, and, and now uh, we're working with the University of Michigan, for example, mm-hmm. uh, to use biomass in a hybrid s- setup. So the idea is to use solar power during the day, biomass at night to reduce the pressure on energy storage. Uh, so we're thinking in different means to address, uh, fulfill the energy needs of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're working with Alex Honold and his foundation, the guy from Free Solo, mm-hmm. to, to do downtown and Junta's fully solar power. Uh, again, to build resiliency for the community as a mean for economical activation for the local economy by reducing operational cost. But the wealth associated to, to energy, because a business will pay for the energy anyway, but at a re- uh, at a reduced rate, mm-hmm. will be used to reinvest within the community for low-income families to also reach energy security. The idea is to generate that that re- those resources from within mm-hmm. as we're moving forward to generate energy uh, with with local resources, now you you have wealth that can be reinvested. So that's sort of the model that we are developing in that aspiration to build energy independence for for the island.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just find that so interesting and fascinating that you're working with not only universities, but also people to make sure that Puerto Rico becomes energy efficient and energy sustainable and not using fossil fuels and Relying on these unnatural methods of energy. Um, Speaking on that, is there like an estimated time frame that you want certain areas of Puerto Rico to become energy dependent, or have you achieved that?
0: We're gonna do uh, as much as we can with Mm -hmm. the resources that are out there. One of our proposals is 50 with sun Mm -hmm. to reach 50 percent of the total energy demand by by using solar power by 2027. The Mm -hmm. ten anniversary, 10 years anniversary of Hurricane Maria, Um, and that goal is not going to be met by the government. Top down, you're not going to see that happening. But as people are learning, as they see how the things are going, more people are participating and uh, participating in what we call the energy uprising, the energy insurrection. Mm-hmm. We're gonna uh, we're gonna build <laughs> that different yeah. future uh, by the people itself, and I think it's doable, and it's happening. Yeah. Um, time frame might change, but but it doesn't matter. The tr- the, the, the the transformation, the that energy revolution already started. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's important.
1: Yeah. Part. Um, just switching gears a little bit, I know you mentioned that Casa Pueblo has its own radio show. Um, what are some things that you talk about and does, is that like a method of community outreach? No,
0: no it's not a radio show. We mm-hmm. have a radio station, radio station In yeah. Casa Pueblo running with solar power. Uh, we have local programs, people from the community participating. We, we have news from, from Democracy Now!, yep. uh, and we played a lot of music and cultural for cultural enrichment. I, I, I think we have to use communications, not only to promote more attention, because everything people discuss in the local news are really the negative things that yeah. you get you know, uh, frustrated mm-hmm. with everything happening. And we need to b- build um, uh, self-esteem, and we use the radio to build self-esteem, to mm-hmm. build, uh, to work on, on mental health, you yeah. know, like, like there's, there's too much tension. So, so, so culture I- is very important for the people, mm-hmm. especially on their survival mode. Yep. Uh, so the radio is also playing that
1: role. Mm. Um, so I know we talk about all the amazing things this uh, community has done, but in your opinion, what do you believe is like the major achievement and the major, I guess, thing that Casa has done within the recent years?
0: I think the p- protection of the physical integrity of the island is very important. I mm-hmm. mean, to protect the forest, the watershed, uh, it's important to have a viable country, a country that, that you know, th- still we have water, still we have the biodiversity, still we have the natural resources. Some of them are under threat and many of them have has been destroyed. But, at, but the, the physical infrastructure, what we call patria geografica, the geographical platform mm-hmm. Puerto yeah. Rico is there so the people who are living there w- we can think about alternative futures uh, what we have been doing with the educational campaigns and programs for the community like the school of music or the school inside a forest is very important and, and looking for energy self-sufficiency
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I think it, it has been great for Casa Pueblo for the past 20 years and I think it's going to be even greater mm-hmm. for the country as we embrace it yeah. collectively.
1: For sure. Um, yeah, I just think, uh, again, just all the things that you're doing are very admirable and very fascinating that you're just not only looking at solar panels, but you're also looking at other means of energy because it's very important to like diversify and make sure that you're not only relying on one thing as well. Um,
0: but, but energy, not just as solar panels, I mean, it's to address poverty. As yeah. people are producing energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're generating income for themselves. As uh, uh, we see energy as a mean to address health issues, mm-hmm. communication, entertainment. So it's energy for those purposes. Mm-hmm. It's not energy just for the sake of generating just, yeah. energy in one way or another. Uh, of course, we want to be more responsible, ecologically speaking, to reduce our ecological footprint. But it's actually what we're doing is addressing different needs of the community and energy, let's say, is sort of like a baseline that we get together and it's something that can be used to transform the local reality and address all of those social issues that yeah. that, that are very tough.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking on that, how can energy be used to tackle those social issues like poverty and like health?
0: Um, Chandia for example she, 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 she's now running her house with uh, with solar power she feels happier because she knows that if something happens her kids will will have energy to run her uh, medical equipment mm-hmm. uh, she's saving like like60 dollars a month mm-hmm. uh, she's she's very poor but but she's saving money because energy uh, cost in Puerto Rico are extremely high. So she's saving money and now she can think about buying the medicines and, or buying uh, food for her family. Uh, when we were confronted with the new reality of, of a sequence of earthquakes mm-hmm. that, that are still impacting Puerto Rico, uh, she was better prepared as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, So energy becomes like a source of you know, like a platform that that is used to build resiliency. The solar power cannot be defined as resiliency. Mm-hmm. That doesn't define resiliency. But within that context, within that social context, now generating energy at the point of consum- consumption using solar power becomes
1: yeah.
0: a, a mean for to build resilient mm-hmm. resiliency within the community.
1: Um, yeah, again, it's, I guess it's a very big misconception that they think that energy, I would say the United States, that they think, oh, energy is just used as just a source of energy and that's it. But we usually don't look at the, I guess, the other consequences it could have, especially within poverty, within health and just like how it could be a good indicator of how a community is developing. So I think Casa is making a lot of strides within that and just breaking that stigma and showing that, hey, solar energy is just not this baseline resiliency to get away from the United States. It's also we could be independent and we could be developing our own methods and our own goals absent, let's say, outside influencers, I think is very admirable.
0: Hawaii is a state of the U.S. And mm-hmm. Pushing for energy independence. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. an island. It's isolated. Mm-hmm. cannot be linked like in a continental setting to different means of energy production. Mm-hmm. But, but energy is the capacity to do work. That's the definition. Think about the guy in the pizza place. He pays $1,500 a, a month for energy. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much, how many pizza that guy has to prepare? before he can enjoy a scent of his productive yeah. activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this is outrageous. So uh, as, as the guy from the pizza place, from the community, from, casa, from Puerto Rico, as Puerto Rico can produce their own energy, we're gonna be in a better situation to enjoy our productive activities. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, $3,000 million s- escapes from our economy every year, just to pay for coal, oil, mm-hmm. and natural gas, unsustainable. Uh, it, it is an exploitation. That energy model represents a model of a, mo- a model of exploitation of a country, and I know it, it, it happens in many other places as yeah,
1: well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking on just energy in general. What's your main method into making local communities a part of Casa Pueblo and like spreading energy across Puerto Rico? Like, what's the main way that you tackle that issue?
0: L- let me simplify that. We learned very early in, in Casa Pueblo mm-hmm. that science, knowledge itself, is not enough to promote changes. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's very important and, and it's central that, I- that you use good knowledge. Knowledge. And it could be traditional knowledge, could be scientific knowledge, mm-hmm. but good knowledge for the community. So so what we do, everything we do, we have our social equation, we call it science plus culture plus c- community equals change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything we do sort of embrace those three components. The community that you pretend to serve. They have to participate and understand with good knowledge, and using our own culture uh, to promote uh, the the transformation that that we wishes to see.
1: Yeah, um, just speaking on solar panels specifically, um, what is like the estimated cost of I would say putting that on the island and implementing it within local communities, or is it? like offset by cost by any chance? So like what's the estimated cost of putting solar panels within Puerto Rico? Yeah, it's
0: relatively inexpensive. I mm-hmm. think the cost issue, I mean, think about Maria Medina that needed to run her dialysis equipment. She has a really poor home, uh, but, it, but power was important for her to be alive. Mm-hmm. So that solar panel, the value of the solar panel is not for the amount of energy that is producing. <laughs> It's actually the value of saving a life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is very expensive is running the country with fossil fuels. Yeah. Between 2000 and 2009, Puerto Rico paid 22,000 million dollars for fuel.
1: Yeah.
0: That's really expensive mm-hmm. to operate. To operate this centralized infrastructure that failed to Puerto Rico with the hurricane, that it failed with the, with the earthquakes, that it fails on, on, on different occasions is very expensive to sustain that. Imagine having 22,000 million dollars invested in, in clean energy sources. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, I, the, the, the math I think is very straightforward mm-hmm,
1: for sure. Um, So Azcasa Pueblo aided in any, I would say, lobbying efforts to make sure to tell the Puerto Rican government essentially that, hey, this unrenewable resources are just not working and you should invest in us or invest in other initiatives that help Puerto Rico become more sustainable. We don't
0: don't work with politicians and we don't do lobbying, I don't know what definition you're thinking right now, but we do a lot of advocacy. And and, and and the politicians get educated and other communities as well and, and we had a we had a la marcha del Sol just a few months ago mm. to push for clean energy sources to prevent uh, the Sun taxation to the Sun mm-hmm. uh, and other communities are doing the same it's not only Casa Pueblo. We, we were sort of like a minority in 1999 yeah but there's a lot of people with different backgrounds with different needs pushing for the f- for a common goal. And I think I, in an island highly divided by by political belief, energy is something that is I, 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 is positioning uh, the island in s- I, 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 in a situation that we can get together yeah. and agree on something that is better for everyone, regardless of religion or or, or social status or political belief. I think this is. This is something that, that is happening. And, and the pressure to the politicians and to public policy in Puerto Rico I, I, is already strong and, and is being felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, the, the what we see from the government is using now, because they know people want a clean energy future. Uh, and they're using that green watching You know, if you see what the politicians and the government is using, oh, no, no, we're moving forward to clean energy sources. But what they're doing is actually gasifying. They want to gasify. They want to perpetuate fossil fuels in the island. So so it's like the government is lying and creating false expectations in the the population. But population is aware of that and still loving, pushing, advocating doing a lot <laughs> yeah, as much as possible to confront that reality.
1: Yeah, that's always great because um, I think we also underestimate the power like advocacy groups have and just simply educating other people on renewable energy can have, especially within the current time of like climate change and making sure that everyone is educated and knows and understands that renewable sources of energy are just so much better than unrenewable ones. Not only they're inexpensive, but as we mentioned earlier, they help with like a lot of health indicators, poverty, health, and just things like that in general. And speaking from a broad perspective, what are some everyday things college students could do to like lower their carbon footprint and make sure they're living a more renewable lifestyle? Hmm. Yeah,
0: I think the first approach I- is to be energy-efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, reduce Reduce uh, the waste of energy by, by, for example, energy to light up a space. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of technology to do the same thing, to illuminate a space, put it in a more energy efficient way, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and we can think about energy efficiency everywhere uh, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So I think. uh, this is the first approach. The second is how we can produce our own energy in, in a better in a better with better technology mm-hmm. and and one thing I, th- I think students should be doing from the advocacy point of view mm-hmm. is to push their universities to de invest in fossil fuel companies to sustain university education. Mm-hmm. that th- students can get organized and, and to tell the university at that landscape and then grow from that point mm-hmm. to prevent more investments in, in fossil fuels and, 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 and promote good investments in better technology and request that university provides Alternative energy sources exactly. to, to recharge their th- your equipment, your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you can build uh, uh, energy uh, oases or energy recharge stations in which students can u- use instead of the traditional uh, centralized um, power units. So, so um, uh, but it's up to the students to think about things that can be done get organized and push <laughs> yeah for those uh measurements
1: yeah and speaking on the point of advocacy again i think it's just it seems so obvious right that like renewable energy is so much better and we've seen so many success stories not only in puerto rico but just also abroad showing like how renewable energy and sustainable energy is just so much better than fossil fuels and relying on natural gas and these means of like fracking and all these things so you would think that, I would say, like university officials don't understand that, but I think now I better understand that students should not only use their own, I guess, education, but also just use talking to other people to advocate and make sure other u- their university members use the millions of dollars they pour into, let's say, infrastructure, but also into renewable energy because just comparatively everyone would be happier and we're just gonna be moving towards a brighter future. Um, and on that do you think regular people let's say like my parents or my siblings should advocate for renewable energy or like how can they do that
0: they Everyone yeah the students the par- our parents uh, everyone should be pushing for for an alternative energy future mm-hmm. because it's a wealth being uh, it's for the wealth being uh, of humanity uh, I'm very bad at 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 telling people what they should do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I tell people what we're doing, <laughs> uh, and we need more people supporting uh, the transformation, and we need more people to take action. So what 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 I will say to the students and to the our parents and everyone is that we have to take action. That, that we have to do something, and it's up to each one find the best way to be part of saving the planet and saving humanity. Uh, For sure. So education is important to raise awareness, to reach a point in in which you can think about these issues Mm -hmm. and and identify the best way to get involved. and and not just a victim or passive receptors of things that are happening. No, no, no. We have to take action.
1: Yeah. Um, So is there anything that I would say everyday people could do, especially university students, to help with the efforts in Casa Pueblo? Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but we should... um, Hopefully, uh, from my visit to UCF, Mm we're going to keep building a relationship with Casa Pueblo uh, and the University. Hopefully it's up to the students to to learn more about the reality in Puerto Rico and what Casa Pueblo is doing within that context. But we want, we want to host um, short courses, we have opportunities for service learning, experiences, uh, internships, research. Uh, we want to promote all of those uh, educational opportunities because it's not just good for the students and and the university. It's going to be good for the, for Adjuntas and for Puerto Rico as we're going to get knowledge. Knowledge is very important. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, try to get uh, connected to the Puerto Rico Research Hub.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Puerto Rico Research Hub is an initiative from UCF that, that wants to actually promote that type of exchange. Mm-hmm. And I think through them might be uh, a, a path, a channel mm-hmm. that, that could serve well to both ends of yep. this uh, collaboration.
1: Um, Well, I think that's an excellent note to end on. Um, Well, thank you so much for speaking with me and telling me more about your environmental and sustainable endeavors within Puerto Rico, because not only is it really fascinating, but it's just very good for the well-being of not only Puerto Rico, but just for the world, especially in this time of dire need of aiding this, I guess, impending doom of climate change. We need to do anything in our power to not only help it environmental endeavors like yours, but just becoming more educated and advocating for environmental um, education.
0: We, we're on the web, org. We are mm-hmm. in Twitter, Facebook, as Casa Pueblo. You can find mm-hmm. us. And if you Google Casa Pueblo, you're going to find a lot of film, sh- uh, text. E- even there's a few books are uh, related to what we have been doing. So uh, if you want to learn more, <laughs> You, you have means to 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 reach out and, and find that information. And, and if you go to Puerto Rico, uh, you should know that you better stop in yeah. Anjuntas and, mm-hmm. and go to Casa Pueblo. We have good coffee. Café Madre Isla yes. is our brand, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll have a drink of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> and to have a good conversation. So of course, everyone is welcome.
1: Yep. Um, Well, thank you so much for being here, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. If you want to learn more about today's guest, our mission, or our program, you can visit us at the PMBF website, or follow through on any of your social media pages, and as Dr. Arturo said, you could find Casa Bebo online and do more research on the Puerto Rico Research Hub, and for the Middle East and South Asia Studies Program here at UCF, you could go online as well. This is Avery Reyna, thank you so much for listening.